what uh, what what you got going on right now? What what kind of projects are you working on? Well, I'm still hosting uh, my open mics, and I'm still like hosting concerts, and they come through Houston. You know, uh, I know on the twenty second, Zero and Trey will be at Warehouse Live, Criminal Eve. Uh, so be that with Lil Flip. Uh, still staying busy. Yeah, it's just kind of all over the city, huh? Yep. Mostly out of the city. I like it better out of the city. Why is that? Well, I mean, you pay more. In the city, everybody comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. Damn. You still make two singles? Yeah. Nah, I was talking about my partner. He always stuff. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. Out of the city, you mean like out of town or just on the outskirts of Houston? I said, whenever you say out of the city, you mean out of town or out of, just kind of on the outskirts of Houston? Like San Antonio, San Antonio, and uh, Austin. Mm-hmm. Like San Antonio and Austin. Right, right. You do a lot of stuff out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about, man, I really want to, um, for the book, one of the things that I really want to try to break down, and uh, I, I'm not real sure if I have it yet because I really kind of want to try to get it in, in some different words, but, I mean, kind of breaking down the different uh, neighborhoods in Houston, you know, as far as, like, the importance. You know, I tell people, okay, well, you know, important neighborhoods in Houston are Fifth Ward, Third Ward, South Park, you know, Fourth Ward, you know, uh, Rosewood, you know, areas like that. I mean, am I missing anything? Uh uh, Trinity Garden. Mm-hmm. North, northeast side. That's where, yeah, because that was where D came from. You know, Trinity Garden, Cortillo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where they had the hot records out. And they was independent. They were not whip rap a lot. So Trinity Gardens was known like Fifth Ward back during that time. Mm-hmm. You know. Then you got Cash from Gardens, which is right next to Trinity Gardens and Fifth Ward. Right, you know, Cash yeah. and Gordon, which they kind of like all in one, you know. Mm -hmm. well, you know, as far as artists, a lot of came from them areas. Right. But when people say the north side, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about like that, like that section of Houston, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then it stretched out. Well, you know, you got it. You can't even get Greenspoint because Greenspoint had. One while Greenpoint had their own little thing was going, they was hot, you know. Is that right? When was that? Yeah, Greenpoint was hot before they uh they had the group called uh 4D and one of the dudes passed away like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they they had some hot singles too. You know, Greenpoint. And also that dude Walter D used to play his stuff all the time. Uh, he used to represent Greenspoint, uh, with that Don't You Go Nowhere, Muhammad uh -huh. 2G. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he used to be in that area too, so. So, what, like, what year was that? Greenspoint? Mm -hmm. uh, Greenspoint was talk like, 89 and 90. Wow. So it's I mean it's at the same time as is uh or, or even after. Yeah. 
really. Yeah, people came from everywhere during the, during that time. Uh, you know, when 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 everybody really got hip to because see, I was on the radio and I was doing uh kids jam. Uh-huh. I was bringing New York music down here. Cause I'm really from there, so I brought New York music. That people didn't know nothing about. I was bringing it, you know. That was LL. I, we brought LL when he first came out to the radio station. He had radio. We rapping back in the big radio and shit. You know, uh, I was between now and KYOK and KCOH. That was the main black radio station. So, you were, on, were you on all three? You know, huh? You were on all three. Yeah. Wow. And and uh, Kids Jam was you and Jazzy Red, right? And Lester Sir Pace. Well, I brought Jazzy on later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Mellow. Big Mellow, he used to do voices. We brought him on later. But it really was started out with me, Mike, and Lester. Uh-huh. And we started adding different people on to it. Made it bigger. And what year did you start? I mean, because that was early, right? Kids Jam was really early. The first original Kids Jam was like... 
know, he kept running for, you know, after summers. After, I mean, it's still run now. Really? It's just, yeah, it's still that key issue. It's just under different, you know, like, after we after all other branched off to do other things, it was still going on. Uh-huh. Case issue was still going on. Do you still do any radio? Huh? Do you still do any radio? Uh, just internet. Uh-huh. One blog talk show on Saturdays. I know and, you, uh, you did that Wide Awake radio not too long ago, huh? Yeah, I do that every Saturday. Uh-huh. Oh, it's every Saturday? Yeah, it's on every Saturday. Uh-huh. Then they got another show that come on on Tuesday night. Sometimes I'm special guest on it, and they got another show that come on on Sundays. Mm-hmm. On Sundays is like peace talks, and, you know. Uh, they get into like like stuff about politics and stuff. Right. What's uh, you know, kind of going back to that area, that, that area that you were talking about. Um, what can you tell me about um, Steve Fournier? Did you know him well? Steve Fournier was the first white boy that put a black hip hop club spot that was like a real big club. Like, like we had other other little spots that Ray Barnett put together on the south side. But Steve Fournier put together the first really major club where you had blacks, white, everybody going. It was like just nice. And, you know, and he was like the pioneer of that shit. And he was the only white boy at that time. He was the only white boy. Because, you know, he, we both played with different bands. He had, he had bands and stuff that he messed with on the side. But, you know, his dream was to have a club that was like on TV. You know, he put the, he the first one that like really put one together on the north side that everybody used to go to. Ray Barnett had all the South Side already on lock. But he had a lot of clubs on the South Side that people went to. What was uh, Steve Fournier's club on the North Side? What was it called? Man, I can't even much remember. I know he had one called, uh, I think it was Struts. <laughs> Struts. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, he and then it was he had a club he named behind that little dog that used to be on those Taco Bell commercials. Forgot what the name was, you know. But he he had the very really major nice clubs that everybody went to, no fighting and none of that shit, you know. And I don't know really what happened to that, but everybody started opening up spots after that. But Ray Barnett already had a stack of clubs. See, Ray Barnett had clubs that catered to the to the. Older people, uh-huh. you know the club scene. The club scene, like been going on down here since uh since uh they used to have an old majestic theater. Yeah, downtown. That's just how far back. That's how far back they had clubs jumping. You know. Well, because Ray Barnett had clubs like in the seventies, right? Yeah, see, he had clubs already. He had clubs and people were still going to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Ray Barnett is the godfather of Houston. He's the original godfather of Houston. I think he had a uh, a different, uh, was he had a different Cadillac for every day of the week at one point? Yeah, he had, he had, he had uh, custom-made cars, you know. 
You know, he had at least 10 different cars that I seen in. You know, he had after hours. He was uh, at all the Rockets games, a lot of the Rockets, the old original Rockets, Bobby Joe Reed and Alan Neville and all them. They used to be at his spot, you know. And when they first came to Houston in the early 70s then, huh? I know around the 70s, that's when Ray Barnett was the main star. I yeah. mean, you know, he had all the bread. He had all the bread, he just didn't know how to keep his books. Right. Charles Bush kept his books. Charles Bush, that's right. I, I knew that he had a partner. And they, um... Yeah. They yeah, they say Charles Bush beat him out of all his money, you know, because he didn't really know how to keep his books. So the story of the streets was Charles supposed to got him out of a bunch of bread or something. Uh-huh. Because they were, uh, Charles Bush was putting out records too, wasn't he? Yeah, well, Charles Bush was the one that, that started pushing Captain Jack, you know. Charles Bush started opening up spots for his own. He started pushing Captain Jack. You know, he had Jack all on uh, commercials for Battlestein with the suits, Palestine and suits and stuff, you know. Oh, right. And Jack, and then, then, you know, back then, Wax. Uh, artists used to put the song on one side and the full instrument on the other side so the DJs could mix it in. But when they did that, a lot of cats used to rap off the instrumentals back then. Right. You know, so, you know, Jack had, I remember one year when, uh, when our king was playing at the University of Houston, when they had the fly slamming jammer, Jack had put out a, Slam and Jam a rap song on the instrumental of the romantic. That song about I hear the secret that you keep when you talk in your sleep. <laughs> Did he record it? Yeah, I mean, you know, they used to play it on, on the radio for the rock, I mean, for the, what's it called, for U of A. Alvin Franklin or King, you know, that's when they all played for University of Houston. 84, what was that big, what was Five Slam and Jam, 84? Yeah, it was like 84, right? Uh, somewhere around. Uh, Clyde, Clyde was still playing for him, right? Yeah. Yeah, Clyde was playing. So that was when they was like running everybody down to, that when they had the team. But, but Guy Lewis sold it, sold it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when they let, uh, I knew it sold that game because the whole world was expecting University to get that championship. And Guy Lewis had, uh, he started letting them play slow down ball. They never had played slow down ball in history. Mm-hmm. Every time they would get a lead, he would take, them, take out the runners and slow them down and have them playing set up ball. That was how they played. Right. And that's when uh, the old boy, the clock was running out, and old boy, Wingate shot an airball, and Patrick Ewan, or whoever it was, playing center, I forgot. Yeah, it was you. I think that was when it was Yeah, it was you, yeah, for Georgetown, yeah. Yeah, Ewan talked about Georgetown, yeah, Ewan talked about and put it in at this book. So, where, whose uh, whose clubs was it that, that where they were first starting to play rap music in Houston? Then was it Charles Bush's club? Steve Fayette and uh, 
Houston, like 86, 87, 88, something like that. Once they got a little something and, and 
don't know. But I can say that there was a lot of regular people got introduced to it just because the hype of it, cancer was smoking regular marijuana, and I guess people introduced it to them by putting it in the marijuana. Mm-hmm. So instead of smoking, cause, because at first they were smoking sherm, they were calling them all... Uh, they were smoking Obama fluid, and they were calling them all... Uh, well, they called them Sherm now, but they wouldn't call them Sherm. They did They didn't call them, oh, you know... Angel dust. Angel dust, that's what it was. Angel mm-hmm. dust. They were smoking angel dust. Yeah. They didn't really know what it was. And then when the crack came, which was a, a cheaper high, putting it off in uh, weed, that's basically how they got caught up then. And then it just exploded. I mean, it was like overnight. Hold on one second. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. So, what was the ripple effect as, as far as the uh, the rap community went? I mean, people were kind of, people were starting to make records at that point. You know, you had a few kind of records scattered that were out and everything like that, and rap a lot just kind of got started up. Do you remember? Uh, it was already, you know, like the first song rap a lot did. The idea, the idea that came from me, people were already rapping. Mm-hmm. But the idea was a song called Car Freak. What mm-hmm. happened was, uh, my partner, which is Lil J's brother, I used to take him and let him rap on shows with me because he had a good rap voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he was called K9. That's Felton, right? Well, yeah, Felton. And later on, he changed his name to to uh, Sir Rap-A-Lot, but when he first started, he was K-9. Mm-hmm. Once, he, once Jay decided to make some records, Rap-A-Lot records or whatever, that's when he changed his name, you know, because Jay was trying to do that shit for him. And, uh, you know, Delton was like, Delton had this voice, man, you know. And back then, I was like one of the first original rappers that used to before records was even made. I was already rapping on a bunch of shows and clubs, cafes, on people instrumentals and stuff. Right? Yeah. 
because he was a solo artist before that. So there was like before everything, before anybody ever put out records. I mean, like I guess you could go back to like you know the the, the uh, McGregor Park being probably the earliest record, right? McGregor Park was the, was 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 it was a song before McGregor Park. Before McGregor Park, it was a song. There was two people put a song out at the same time. One was from the north side. They put out a song called Glass Band. It was a Glass Band. They put out a song called Bit Rock. And then uh, Jefferson Inc. Wayne Jefferson and them put out a song called Jefferson Inc. They were from the south side. What were they they were like referred to Jefferson Inc. Wayne Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson Inc. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's old school. Inc. I-N-K, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, they, those two songs came out at the same time. Then McGregor Park came because Rappalot was putting their stuff together at the same time. They, was, they got their brother label and everything. They was getting their stuff together. They get ready to record. You know, they first ghetto boys and stuff. And uh, they was getting ready to put all that together. And McGregor Park pulled like a show. The dude that named Rob, his name was Rob. He threw a show. His, they uh, had a studio. The man that, that was putting them out had a studio in the, in the back of the house over there by Jones High School. I was over there helping them record that stuff. And uh, they did their first show at an uh, old school spot that got towed down. It used to be by Jack Gates called JB's Entertainment. So. And that's where all the original old school concerts used to be at JB's and uh, across the street where U of H used to play their basketball games in the Hawthorne Pavilion. Yeah. Barcades, skin tight, uh, Ohio players, all the people like that, war. Yeah, that's why all these hip hop concerts used to be back in that day. Oh, so that would have been a pretty big place then. The Barcades were playing there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hawthorne Pavilion. Well, no, I know Hawthorne's big, but I'm talking about JB's Entertainment Center. Was that big? Oh, yeah, JB was pretty big. You know, mm -hmm. it was, it was, uh, well, they used to play their bingo and everything in there. It was a nice size. It wouldn't be big, but. It was big enough. When did they tear it down? Oh, shit. Uh, sometime in the 90s. Okay. It was right there by J.J., right in front of J.J. Mm-hmm. Right, because I remember seeing it, man, because I, I I, mean, I used to work in that neighborhood, and I remember J.B.'s Entertainment Center. I don't think I ever went in it there. It closed down right after uh, the last concert I hosted there. What's his name? Was uh, he? He did his last show in Houston at, at JB before it was thrown out. Easy. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He was there. Run DMC was there. Uh, the group that had that song out, "What People Do for Money," they was on the show, but they didn't show up. That happened. The people always had them confused with Run DMC. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember who that is. I, I know what the song you're talking about, but I can't remember who that is. So the uh, but the first two records are the ones of the Jefferson Inc. and then the uh, what would you say? What would you say the name of the other group was? The Northside Group. Bed Rock. The name of the song was Bed Rock. The group was uh, Glass Band. Glass Band. That's right. And so those records came out what uh, 84, 85, something like that. Yeah. And I guess I I always thought that. McGregor Park came out a lot earlier than that, but I guess not. I mean, I've never known anybody who has a car. All of them was like right, all of them fell into place, like right along the same time. Because at the same time, 
Rob, you see, Rob, the same group, Chelsea Inc., Rob was affiliated with them. He left them and uh, put together that McGregor Park thing. They all was one big group. They all knew each other, whatever. It is, you know, Wayne then was the nigga that had the money on the south side. They used to go to the gambling sack, be in there all night gambling, had bread. When Dan Band was like, was, uh, they were just artists. They was just, there was one dude that seen me real good. He was called Bobo Mr. Soul, which he turned into gospel later. The other dude, if you ever run into him, he could tell you. Uh, Patrick Taylor, Ricky Taylor is a preacher now. He was the one who used to make that little noise, that little duck noise on bedrock. He, he was the drummer. Patrick, he's the promoter for Maze. And, uh, you know, he'd be on the road with Maze and H Time, you know, different, different, uh, groups, R&B groups. Patrick Taylor, he's still on the road a lot with Silk and everybody. And that was bedrock. That was, uh, Glass Band. And the other dude that's with them, his name was, uh, I think his name was John, but he sing. He was this other main singer. He uh, he the one got that uh soul food restaurant that people be talking about a lot on the southwest side. So now this is it. Now, not this is it. This is in Fort Worth area. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a soul food restaurant. Everybody talk about it on the southwest side. Southwest side. If you go to southwest side, it's the main soul food restaurant. They always talk about it. That is his place. Okay, okay. Yeah, you hear, you hear people always talk about, uh, go there, you know, they get talk about soul food, they're gonna say his place, I just can't think of the name of it right now. So the glass band play, play around town a lot? They, they, were they a rap group or they just did a rap record? They wasn't like a band that, they was a band that came together to put that song out. See, back in the day, we all played drums and stuff and sang and did high school talent shows and shit. So, from the high school talent shows, they just kept the band together and, you know, thought about recording, because that was the era of band. Yeah. Wasn't no DJs, you know, it was DJs, but they wasn't mixing and nothing, they were just putting the records on. Mm-hmm. You know, the mixing shit didn't come till later. After after they start seeing groups like Houdini with a DJ and Run DMC, Master J and all that. DJs before that didn't do nothing but put the records on. They didn't, you know, they talked the little shit, put the records on, but it wasn't no mixing and scratching. That shit didn't come until the uh, 89. Mm-hmm. Nah, down this way. But everything private, everything previous to that was all bands. Yeah, you know, clubs, if you went to a club, which most clubs was in clubs back in the 70s and 70s, 9 and 74, 75, all it was gym joints, it was cafe, uh-huh. you know. They cafes was considered clubs, they didn't know about clubs, they didn't really know nothing about big club scenes down here until they seen that shit in New York. Down here was just cafes because this was like a cowboy area, you know, everybody like, like go western, you will cowboy hats, you went to the parade downtown, you could wear your little guns and stuff. I mean, it was a cowboy area in the beginning, and it was proud of it. You know, that's what it was. You know, and then, little by little, in the years to come, they started trying to change over, little by little. You know, in the 90s, once the rap situation, when crack came, crack changed everything. That's all it was, because before crack, nobody had access to a gun. Nobody really cared about being a gangster. You know, cause you you, you, you you play sports. That was your that was your way of getting out the ghetto. You was cold in sports. But then 
saying once crack came, you know, everybody, they, they, everybody, the person that actually would never have no money, he not got bread. And he realized he had to have a third car just for somebody paying for fucking attention. So that's how shit changed, you know. And that easy money mentality. Yeah, you know, when that's how things change because the mentality of getting somebody to, to holler at you back during that time, you know, if you play sports, you can't bring in the girl. Well, shit, once crack came, cats is like, you know, like, like, like being Marquis. Everybody was like, shit, uh, she, they called the paper. They wanted to mess with who had the bread, mm-hmm. you know. You know, like like the song said, she ain't on a mess with no boy because he worked at UPS. That was a square job. That was, that, that was before the fans' money, before the crack came. Right. As soon as the crack came, they were little for the nigga with the good-ass job or the career no more. They wanted the flamboyant cat, you know. I mean, that's that's the whole change. That's that's how society changed, period, because, because before that, if you was a stripper, it was a download situation. Once the crack came in the picture, then you had the the, the, the rappers that, that wanted the, the broads, that was the baddest broads on their videos or whatever, so now it's broads that 14 can't wait till they get 17 so they can put the age up, act like they're 18 to get in the, the video, you know, get in the, they, they, they take it, they had a shape or had a look, you know, because if you go back and look at early porn, the porn was bullshit. It was, you know, it was uh, the, the, the black chicks that was on early porn looked like they they would be on porn. Stretch marks or their face hair wasn't done up right or they just looked like some hood rat. But then, you know, little by little, when, when the dope money came in and the gangster shit came in, you know, you start looking at beautiful motherfuckers in porn. And you like, damn. You know, these type of motherfuckers you married. What the fuck they doing with this shit? They got to a point where where women, you know, they 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 didn't run shit no more. It was always like the bad broad could pick who the fuck she wanted. But they got to a point where now nah, the oldest nigga in the world had bread. And he didn't give a damn what you look like. You know, because you wanted what well, he had, his money. You wouldn't send a dope out. You had to offer with some ass. When, that's when the music changed because women they start letting dudes call them bitches and hoes and you know and they start using the word like it was regular, like it was a regular word you know they leave a plan a plan I mean you was you was hit with some shit over the homegirls calling they homegirl bitch this bitch that I mean it, it, it just got to a point to where you know the, the, the cats that had the bread was was not respecting the women no more. It was like, you know, shit, if you won't fuck with me, your friend will. And they start putting it in the records and shit. And, you know, even back then, it was motel, hotel, holiday inn. I mean, it was like, it wasn't no thing. You know, crack changed the whole world, period. And that's why society is doing bad right now, because it's not a drug that society can make quick money out for. You know, you got, you got three sets of police. That's, you got the policemen that's with the government and the feds and shit, and they got their little secret organization that they making money off the shit that nobody know what's up, which mm-hmm. are the ones that call dirty cops or whatever. Then you got the ones that work strictly by the fucking book, 
and then you got the ones that's, that's working with what's coming across the border. And we don't control no borders. We don't know what you're in, um, who picking up what. And they all down with the justice system. So, so certain people get cases and stay on the ground for five or six years. And other motherfuckers get cases and get 10 to 20 years right off the bat. So, I mean, you know, the system works for whoever part of the system. So, like, right now, society is screaming, oh, we starving. But then you still got scratch-out kitchens that motherfuckers can go to a store and fuck around and win twenty million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, you know, society is pretty saying that everybody is starving. That's only because all these, all the old motherfuckers from the North to South War, they got that old money in them banks, Kentucky Chicken, Clint Eastwood, and all these old movie stars and Walgreens and all these places that, that's got that old money, you know, they just say, hey, don't touch, don't touch our bank accounts. See, before, it was like, okay, yeah, you could loan our money out. Why? Because they could see more money being made off of their money. Mm -hmm. Okay? Ain't no drugs getting across the border right now. They hold their triangle. Ain't in office right now. When Bush left, that was the last of their golden heroes. They already had him. You go back and look at when Nixon got popped, all the same people were still standing right up there on the podium. Oh, yeah. Big time. All he did was just keep a fall for the rest of them. That's all the people. That's what they happened to him, but his name got dirty a little bit. Other than that, the Watergate scan and all that, highly the same people were still up there and off, still running shit. You know, the same thing with, with the son. He gets put in office. He's already set up that he's supposed to be in office. Even though we 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 popular vote vote with Gore, mm -hmm. we had Gore for ten minutes. After ten minutes, it's a miscount. First time in history, America don't say shit. America want to point the finger at rap and say rap is gangsters, but the gangsters is just sitting in office laughing at your ass because they sit up and told you, hey, your vote don't mean shit. We put it here, who the hell we want to put it here. And they ran it, and they made the rest of their money out for it. Because as soon as the son got in office, the system, the judicial system, was rearranged to where if you call a case, they brought up the old shit. But before that, it was like, okay, when Clinton was in there working the system, they knew the drugs and everything was in the street. They knew he was going to catch cases. So they was like, hey, we're not trying to bring up the old shit. Why? Because we need them to continue to flip this shit because the economy's going to eat good. They continue, continue to flip that shit, get the bonds, they pay the bonds. All they doing is flipping the dope for us, catch the cases, pay the bonds, pay the lawyers or whatever, go to jail. While they out on bond, catch another case, then we can set them down. After we done drain all the money out of them. And all we got to do now is confiscate the house, the cars, or whatever. And then late night on TV, we show this commercial about the government to seize cars and property that they selling for, for dirt cheap. All one big circle. Nah, it ain't no drug out there that they manifest that can get everybody involved like they did. Crack, the crack era... It's just like, goddamn, the cowboy taking over the Indians. That'll never come back. They'd have to invent something. Well, anything they invent right now is not going to even fit into 
that that child is not is not gonna really fit in. Anything they fit in now would would have to go with along with the way the solar system, the way shit is right now, the way they try to make cars that run off of uh, you know uh, water and air and sunlight and shit. I mean, any kind of drug they would get now would be some space age and shit, and it wouldn't be nothing cheap. Because everything now is, is, is everybody fucking with computers, laptops, and, and you know, that, that's the only drug that they can apply to a motherfucker to make some money out for it now, is laptops. Because they started out with the big ass uh, computer, which they already knew that they had the small shit, they just put the big shit out there just to get motherfuckers started. And then they started the game, when motherfuckers go to the game room and they play the Pac-Man and the karate and all that. They were doing that was the drug that they were sitting up. Yeah. See, that drug right there, that drug right there controls the whole world. Because half the motherfuckers start staying in the house or uh, playing video games. Then they extended it to where motherfuckers play each other all across the globe online. So that's the other drug they got going on to where you got to have these Android phones or whatever it is they making. That's the other drug they got going on. But the only people making money now is the companies and, and, and the stores, and, and they making the bread. See, the small man ain't making the bread no more, so that's why economy is hurt, because the economy ain't got no money to, 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 to flip. They ain't got shit to flip. Because all the money's going back to those corporations, nothing's going to the small business. Going back to the corporation, that's right. And everybody's buying stuff online, which is part of that system. That's it. That's, that's, and that's why they screaming, oh, we broke now because motherfuckers don't have nothing they can flip. When they had drugs, they can flip it. When they had food stamp, they can flip it. They had shit they can flip. They don't have shit they can flip right now. There's no, everybody that was an entrepreneur now has to find some kind of way to, to work or to do something which America is already spoiled. Because it's like, hey, you tell the kids, he can have candy, he can have sweets before he eats. Okay, now, all of a sudden, you want to take the candy away, but he already used to that prestige. So now you want to say the candy ain't good for you, gonna fuck your teeth out. So you got America already spoiled. They already used to the fast money. You know, they not, they, the, the, most of them too proud to go towards a McDonald's or Wendy's to get a car. They feel like the only thing they can do is jack. I mean, shit. Look, look, if you look at TV right now, the past three years, crime is steady rising, and it ain't stopped. Uh -huh. People killing people while they got their babies in the car. Motherfuckers running over people. I mean, it, it, everything. 
thing is that, see, people thought, people sit up and talk about the last day. They looking at all these storms and these hurricanes, you know, but that's only part of the foul. Shit collapsing, buildings collapsing, earthquakes, that's only part, that's, that's natural, that's, that's, that's stuff that's gonna happen regardless. But when you take away all these earthly things, see, then you got certain people that's already here about whether they believe it or not. See, these people that's, that's known drug dealers, and now they got, they part owners of basketball teams, and, 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 and they can do no wrong. Just like nobody really knew who the hell Taylor Swift was until after Kanye got up there and done that shit. And what I try to tell everybody was, they, you can't see a sit up. If, 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 if that was anybody, any other artist would have got up there and done that shit to this white girl, they really would have got banned. They wouldn't even been able, you wouldn't hear shit else about them. But man, shit, please. And, and shit never stopped for Kanye. Yeah, he just got off TV tonight, him and Jay-Z, doing Victoria's Secret, uh, 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 model show tonight. So, you know, all that, all that Illuminati and all that, you know, you got, you got all different branches of that, of that shit. You got that branch that they talk about, but then they got the straight shit that's, that's good, that ain't fucking over people. That, that, that's regular Mason stuff, you know what I'm saying? But then you got that branch, just like anything else. It's just like, like police. You got different police. Oh, that, that, I heard white cops that, that don't even trust black cops. And it's nothing to do with trust, it's just mad that they're a cop. Mm -hmm. You know, the racism has never left. Because if the racism was, was was gone, which I don't agree to, like, I, like I, I probably could get, I tell people all the time, if you're so worried about, people always want to argue the fact about who was here first and, and white people can't stand uh, the sun and black people had to be here first and all that. And I'm like, man, y'all y'all take words and put it in your own words. That's not what it was saying. All it was saying was whatever man was here first was a darker complexion. It didn't say he had to be a black man. Mm. You know, they, everybody want to sit up and argue. And then not only that, those that believe in, in other Muslim situation is always, they, they stuck on some, if you, if you black, you can't go with a white woman with a, but then how do any of y'all plan on getting in heaven if God's word is that all men are equal, no color, it's not no color, even though they were born in certain areas, which God tried to see if man could accept the fact that everybody is not the same. We're not on an alien planet where everybody looks the same and they go by enough, even though certain races try to put it like that, where you are known by a number. But if everybody believes in the man of style, and it's only one God, then you don't, you're supposed to look past a color. So nobody's supposed to get mad at a person because he walked down the street with a Chinese person or a Korean or a white person or whatever because he's a different race and now that whole family wanna trip about it. But these are all supposed to be God-fearing people. Everybody that's representing God or whatever is supposed to, supposed to be, it's no such race, no such color, none of that. Everybody trying to get to one goal, and that's to make it to hell. 
this is really a helper. That's the only thing they should be worried about. Because the only thing that's a helper that's not going to change, that is a full effect, is death. The society is not getting any better because there's so many people that's running things since the rap situation. You know, when the rap situation started, it was like talking about poverty. In the beginning, was talking about poverty. It was talking about, like, New York, New York, this city of dreams. You know, people coming from out of town thinking that New York is this, that, and other. At the same time, it was saying it ain't always what it seems. You might be fooled if you come from out of town. Yeah, because you see the big the big side, but you don't see what people are sleeping down town and, and, and subways and everything. And it's like everywhere. Then once rap came, rap was, was, was what came when crack came. That was when people was rapping about turks. That's when people could buy 45s and Nina's and stuff. Cause cats growing up in the early 80s and the 70s, the only piece they ever might have saw was a, a 38 revolver or 22. Automatics and all that didn't come to the crack age. On purpose. I mean, the availability of them. Huh? I said, do you think the availability of them was, was made on purpose? I mean, those guns existed yeah, it before. Yeah, was made on purpose. Yeah, yes, it was made on purpose. Because, first of all, if you bring in a drug that's going to make plenty of money, then the next thing you got to have is, is gun. Mm -hmm. Knowing that it's, it's, it's what you call, like, the war on the street. Because there's going to always be that one person that's jealous. I mean, you, you got to go back to the guns in the, the 50s. Okay. It was war in the street then. It was the monsters, the gangsters, mm -hmm. with the liquor. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then you get rid of them. The liquor was the first drug that was money was made out of and, and, and many gangsters was killed because they were pushing illegal liquor or whatever. They even had people on the inside that worked for them. Why? Because they could pop buy them off. They could get paid, judges, lawyers, DA, whatever, you know. And it's always been that way because that's the flip of the coin. I mean, that's, that's, that's society. That's life. You know, if you, if you go back to the original beginning of everything, I mean, you know, you, in order to have a up, you gotta have a down. Because God created tools. Man, woman, mm -hmm. up, down, yes, no, right, wrong, negative, positive. You see what I'm saying? So in order to know when you up, you got to have been down. And that's the only way the world going to balance is that sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes some people have more downs than they have ups. That's because literally that you, you got to distinguish between your downs. Your downs may be down according to you not satisfied to where a situation is, but it's not as down as bad as it could be. It could be down worse than that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. So a lot of people downs are down to enough. 
But it ain't as down as you just lost your legs or your arms or you lost your eyes. You can't see it well because even blind people find a way. Even one to find a way. I mean, so some people down is not really they they low until they make it they low until they give up and look for a crutch and look for something to blame. You know, society itself is the clock that don't stop. Yeah. That's all it is. Society is that clock that don't stop. It waits for nobody. It makes its own rules and it changes its own rules when they get ready. And you can't be society. Why? Because you never know who is running what. The CIA, I mean, you got two brothers that get knocked off and nothing was never done about it. Both Kennedys and Martin Luther King, which was their homeboy. Nothing was never done about it, but they give you a street. Yeah, and each time you got Martin Luther King Street, that's it. Mm-hmm. But as far as the Kennedys, you got a Kennedy Heights, you got a, but, but they don't put it out that day it was for Kennedy. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't show. They don't show them no glory, because they were the first really major uh, white people that was 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 like, hey, all men are equal. Right. They were ready for that boo yet. Yeah, when you talk about that system we're 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 talking about, kind of the circle of um, of how you know, uh, uh, kind of the criminality and the governmental systems kind of run together with the prison industrial complex and everything like that. How do you think that applies to Houston? I mean, we see stuff like you know, like like Fourth Ward for an example. Like, I mean, what happened to Fourth Ward? I mean, you see, you've known Fourth Ward, you know. For years and years and years, and you look at it now, you don't recognize Fourth War, Fifth War, Third War, Wards. Wards ran everything in the beginning. Everything outside of Wards was like like a nice area until it expanded out. But Wards was always like the corrupt, the last, the last shoot 'em up areas, you know. So, you know, when you have gardens, like Cashman Gardens, Trinity Gardens, you know, those like the areas that white people stayed in, but they moved further and further away because more blacks start moving to them. So, you know, you got to productively understand the nature of, of when you got a place like Houston that people come straight from, you got the freeway that goes straight from Louisiana to Houston. So, now you got people dealing with Houston more quicker than they would go and fuck with people in Dallas. Because Dallas was always like the, the all-star state. I mean, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. They, Dallas is just always goddamn the, the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, even when, uh, even when, uh, Doug Williams, he won a championship, he won a Super Bowl they got five the next the next goddamn year. And then every time they talk about the greatest games, not one time have they ever even showed that game or mentioned that game or nothing. Because they didn't want no black dude representing the Super Bowl as the one that went in there and won that shit. And ever since then, every black quarterback that ever been close enough to win one that it got to him and, 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 and in the last part of the game, he, he overthrowing everybody. They done got to Warren Moon. He went in there to overthrowing, and then they sold the game. The kicker 
the kicker ain't never missed the kick. He missed the kick. They hear the Vikings had Randy Moss, the corner to everybody, and they gonna lose to Jamal, to Jamal Williams. The Falcons, it was set up for them to lose. The Vikings lose to the Falcons. Then the Falcons go get blown out by Denver, and Elway gets the ring and retire. Mm-hmm. All this, this whole shit is set up. Even the NBA, all that shit is set up. Oh, but yeah. you don't understand that. You know, just like when New Orleans won that championship. They actually think they won that championship. They ain't won that shit, all that shit was set up. You got you got Houston winning games until the last one minute or two minutes. Then they lose the game. Then they get the first and second round pick and don't say don't keep neither one of them. They give Bush to New Orleans and they give Vince to the old team they used to be. Uh, yeah, that was awful. I think Mario wins. It was set up that way. How else can you get? How else can you get people to come back to New Orleans unless you give give them the same stadium that everybody was dying in, trying to survive in? You go redo the stadium. You give them the number one running back, and then then what people on people didn't even pick the whole picture. The same team that you end up going play against in the cold to try to make it to the Super Bowl, you beat that team the first at the first game. People <laughs> don't even remember that shit. When they got everybody come back to New Orleans, that was one of the first teams they whooped. Right. Then you gotta look at who paid for the stadium to get rebuilt. Archie Madden. Who get the ring right after that? Peyton Madden. Who get the next ring right after that? The little brother. And nobody paid no attention to none of that shit. High, high teams like the Patriots that lost no game lose to the Giants. They <laughs> And every team, and every team, every other team that was supposed to win that year missed a kick or somebody fumbled at the last minute. And it ended up being set right for the Giants and the Patriots. Nobody paid that shit no tip. Same thing with New Orleans. When New Orleans was finally won, you got Vikings uh, running back, Peter's uh, pass, whatever his name was, he fumbled five times. He get right in the red zone and fumbled. And then fall, right after New Orleans was coached, Ford will march him right back up the field like you wasn't shit. He get him right back up the field and then get to his running back and he fumbled. Plus, he could have ran and got that left first down. He threw it in the interception. Game over. All that shit was set for that city. They already flooded all the motherfuckers out that they wanted to flood out. And then they rebuilt a bunch of shit. Then they brought in the, 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 uh, the, the army down there, National Guard or something. They right on the water where the drug trade at. Except there ain't no major drug, drug trading going on right now. So now everybody pointing the finger at the new president that's trying to fix some shit that was fucked up before he got there. What do you think is going to happen in the next election? Right now, they're making all this noise, trying to act like they're going to put somebody else in there. But it's already set for him to still be in there. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, man, you go back and trace that lineage. 
they got to finish the shit they started. Mm -hmm. So he's the billboard. He part of the triangle. They working behind him. All these other motherfuckers, they endorsing and putting up there, whatever. That's just, that's, all that is is bullshit. They just started something, they got to finish. They let him bring the troops home, that's one of the things. Now, they got they got all the fingers pointed at Congress. So you can't just be straight fucking with him because that's where the, where the budget lies. That's where the money lies. Yeah, if you steady be doing everything that this man trying to put up there, but these other motherfuckers that's really running shit and stepping representatives, they steady saying, nah, we don't want this, we don't want that. Then the dumb motherfuckers that think that they vote count don't even know what they talking about. They point the finger at the wrong motherfucker. So half of these motherfuckers walk around here, don't know why they vote, they don't know what they what they bitching about. Because they only voting for whoever they folks voted for before them. Half of them, it's a bunch of names on, on the, or when they go to vote, it's a bunch of names for the just the judges and all kinds of shit. They don't even know none of the names on there. Oh. They don't know what those people stand for or what they bring to the table. They just go in there chicken shit. If they even bother to vote. That too. Well, I, I talked to Willie about that because we're... He was talking about how fucked up some things are in Fifth Ward and have been for. You know, he said, "Well, I think part of the problem is people don't vote. You know, people don't vote. They're not speaking. They're not saying anything. And then, you know, you get the city come come through and they start developing areas of those those neighborhoods. But you gotta understand, even if you did speak, mm -hmm. even if you did go for it, and you say, "Man, we need more shit fixed in Fifth Ward. We need this now." Okay. You can make a story, you can get a bunch of motherfuckers to go to City Hall and put that in. And yeah, you got a bunch of motherfuckers right there with you, and you make the news. Now you can put that back against the wall. So yeah, we're going to fix a few streets or whatever. But since we're fixing these streets, now what we're going to do is make it uncomfortable for you motherfuckers. Now we weren't really just fucking with you that much. But since you want to make it look all superb out here, well, we're going to put some extra laws out here and fuck with you when you're at the grocery store, fuck with you at the park. And now you whining, but you wanted it fixed up nice, so now that it's fixed up nice, now we got to keep it looking that way, so we got to govern you, motherfucker. So like they say, be careful what you ask for. They start developing those areas. Putting in uh, better civic services, that, that sort of thing. Tipping off developers, hey, I'm improving this area. Edges of this neighborhood kind of chipping away. That's what they're doing in Fifth Ward. That's what they did in Fourth Ward, right? Well, see, the only reason they did that shit in Fourth Ward because what you got to look at what you got in Fourth Ward. You got two things you got to look at. One, Fourth Ward is right by downtown. So, so a lot of the spots, you still got the old hospital that people, a lot of people in Houston was born at, you know, you got areas that's, that's like, if people cut through through that, 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 that Allen Parkway area, you know, they don't they want to pass through some areas. You got people jogging or whatever. So, shit, if we, if we got all these people right by jogging from Atlanta Memorial and all that, you know, and you got football still looking like a gangster hood area, motherfuckers going to get jacked or whatever. So now we got to straighten this area up and make it look like, hey, this is safe, safe haven for these white kids walking through there or whatever. That's how that was, just to make it look good. You know, Fort Ward is still Fort Ward. It's just, they just fix certain areas to camouflage some shit, you know, just to keep it down, to tone it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, 
Tough Warren still, still, you know, they went through there and did a big ass sweep on Paul, Paul and them that used to have all the bread out there. You know, them niggas had fed cases or whatever, you know, all the big money niggas that were doing their thing. So it's like low key now. It's still niggas out there, but shit, it ain't like it was. They fixed in the streets because they put up new apartment areas. You got, like you say, the soul, the soul food play This is it is out there where they shot Jason Deary. I mean, they had to fix the little area up because now they got, that's a quick way to the back part of the monumental area that they got old caverns and shit by the bio and shit down there. So when when they do the, uh, the fireworks and all that, that's a skip of the hop from that area. So they got to make it look kind of right. Right. At least the edges of it, at least the edges that you can see from downtown that you can see from the big streets. They want that looking yeah. nice. Yeah, so they want that little area that's close to that downtown or whatever. And you catch the little freeway right there. They want that area to look kinda high. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker don't ride over that bridge and it get right in for water and get nervous. Once they get in that area, they just look at hood out. So they start developing and buying up all that area, trying to make the beginning part of Fort Ward look all right. Wiping away the city in the process. Doesn't look anything like it looked 10 years ago, five years ago. Well, you gotta understand that's because the economy changed. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, it wasn't all these different shopping malls. Everybody went downtown to shop for Christmas and the buses made all the bread. Yeah, that's true. That's where all the big box stores were. Yeah, your folders, you know, all your places downtown where everybody went to shopping, did their Christmas shopping or whatever. I mean, and you met more motherfuckers downtown. I mean, it was more of a relationship time. Well, crack came in, relationships stopped being. It wasn't your lady no more. It wasn't your girlfriend. It was your gal, you know. <clears throat> And that was because there was no more trust. You know, women women was like taking more chances, wondering what's what's on the what's, what's on the other side of the fence. You know, if it's better over there, I mean, shit. This nigga, he drive this, you driving that. Let me see what he talking about. I mean, look at look at TV now. I mean, you can look at you can look at TV now. You know, back then in in the early. 70s and the early 80s, you know, all my children as the world turned, you know, you had these, the now you had these different sitcom dramas that people used to watch, and it was, it, it was known, you know, all my children, I say, you know, General Hospital, I mean, it was these different certain motherfuckers that, that motherfuckers was known to watch, that's, that's how women passed their days, mm -hmm. but... Once crack and all that shit came in, you know, shit. The dramas changed, the TV changed. Now the shit you watch is more people cheap. Most of everything you watch is, is, is motherfuckers is cheap. Ain't too many happy ever after. It's more cheating than it's ever been. That's because motherfuckers are not getting married no more. You know, shacking used to be a low-key thing. Now it's the majority. Uh, Almost. You know, this was society, was a society willing to accept. And society accept a lot of shit because of the, the, the way money is, you know. 
if it ain't no, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot of drugs, man. Motherfuckers just swap it out. I mean, look how, look, look at these dumbass shows. Look at, look at these dumbass shows that's on TV right now. They, they's making a kid and they stand, stand on TV, cause motherfuckers do anything for publicity or money. Look at Jerry Springer, how that shit was. You know, right. all the crazy ass shit you see on Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. And after Jerry Springer stopped for a while, look, look, look at what's called how uh, murder show still going on. You know, the dumb ass shit that be on that. You, you know, when you watch some of that shit, you be like, damn, is it, is it really this many crazy motherfuckers in the world? Right, right, right. But they're all baited into that too, you know? But, you know, even if, even yeah, if they're directed I'm saying, in. What I'm saying is. It's the bread. It ain't not mm-hmm. really baited. It ain't not really baited. The only ones that baited is the ones that's up there trying to squabble and all that. But the ones that actually get on TV to tell that they whooping their gal or, or all this kind of shit. I mean, you, if you, if you sometimes, I hate them shows, but every now and then I look because, because for one, I don't believe in a lot of texts because I done passed a lot of texts before. So I don't believe in hoes. It ain't DNA shit. I mean, it's people locked up in jail for a lot of cases because they was nervous and thought before they answered or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A conspiracy. That's how, and that's how the system is. That's how the court system is. You go in court, you can't explain shit. Answer the question. Yes or no. For shit. If your lawyer ain't trying to fight for you, straight fuck. Why? Because you ain't got the bread and you ain't part of that circle to speak. That's just like back in the king and queen days. You don't even get this thing that motherfuckers said. You ain't a noble. None of them motherfuckers got to speak for you. If he don't talk right, you getting your head chopped off. How much do you believe in the uh, <clears throat> in a, in a, a well-formed or a, a real Illuminati? I mean, as a real... 100%. 100%. You talking about the new world order? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's people itself. It's before itself. I mean, if you just call me this, look at, look at shit, man. How is it that a motherfucker is a known dope dealer? Now he's the owner of a, of, of a baseball, I mean, a basketball team, and can do no wrong. In the beginning, the law was straight fucking with him until, it, until he literally got down with the motherfucker, and then they put fucking with him. What's the name he tried to... What's his name? He tried to hold lot. When he tried to hold lot, they was like, okay, if you hold lot, we're going to show you what we can do to you. See, y'all try to hold lot. He tried to stay gangster. All right. As soon as he tried to hold lot, what they do? Keep fucking with him with the guns, and then they gave him a chance. He come home, okay. He still didn't do what they, what they wanted him to do. So what they do? Kid his gal at the airport somewhere and fuck with her about some shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Same thing with DMX. Because he didn't get out with him. They put shit in his smoke. You know, try to fuck his head up and all kinds of shit. Because he didn't really want to get out with him. Hell, Pac, but Pac got with him. He didn't know what he was getting with. When he realized what he was getting with, he tried to put it in all his songs. He tried to tell motherfucker. He screamed Illuminati. He, he talking about, I see devil around the corner and all kinds of shit. He still tried to tell motherfucker what was going on. That's why they had him that big and knocked out. You know, goddamn well, Kanye West could not jump on stage and fuck up Taylor Swift shit and still be right here getting his shit played, still a star like a motherfucker if he wasn't part of that that clip. You some black dude and got up here and embarrassed his white girl that she was young 
Come on now. <laughs> right, right, right. Come on now. <laughs> gotta be part of something. Jesus. What year was that? That was in the 80s? 
early 90s. Early 90s? Yeah, 9-4, about 9 3 nine, four. And you know what I'm talking about, because the dude, man, everybody knows, this dude had every kind of car was. I mean, he walk up the broad and write his number on a hundred dollar bill. Thank <laughs> you, this nigga's name, man. Well, what, what did he do? I mean, was he was he a dealer, or what did he what did he do to get all his money? Yeah, he was, he was a dealer. He was a big dealer. You know, she once, 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 once all of the cats that had a little money, like say like some cats started. They, they folks had bread already. Mm -hmm. So they were already were dressed nice or ride around or something nice. So then them cats would run into whoever had the dope, make friends, they sit them at the club, try to make friends, throw me even, find out how they was getting down, and then they hook up with the same Columbus or whatever. And what they would do is they'll have a meeting spot, they'll all hook up. And when the Columbians would come to town, they would bring how many packages they were going to bring from Miami. And all the cats that came together, put their money together, and then when the packages came in, you know, they grabbed their packages. So when crack first came in, you know, everybody ain't good when they first came in. Yeah. With no tripping. What was South Park like in the uh, at that time? Whenever you went in there, early eighties, mid eighties. Uh, they had clubs. They had they had uh, King Leo's, uh, the Turning Point One, Turning Point Two, and then Ray Barnett, all his spots up and down uh, Martin Luther King and OST. It was hot, he right? Yeah, about five. It was eight oh eight. Infinity Boomerang were those his? Yeah, yeah. Well, all them came later. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I was wondering. Boomerang was my shit. That came way later. Yeah, that was like late eighties, early nineties, right? See what happened when when Boomerang Boomerang was so finished, and it was a dude named Patrick was running it, and. And uh, he wanted to go hip-hop with it. That's when I came in the picture with Patrick. There was some twins there with him. A couple of twins had a bunch of bread. They used to be over there with him when it was so convenient. But then they wanted to switch over and do, like, like hip-hop and shit. So I came in. You know, Patrick, he was my partner. He, uh, he, he couldn't really put his name on a lot of papers because... He had his, his wife was steady tripping, trying to look for him for back child support and shit. All right. So, you no, know, I had my name on a bunch of papers there. That shit kind of messed me up. You know, when they start raiding the clubs, because see, back during that time, you know, the black clubs used to get raided a lot, but if you pay for protection, 2500 a month, they quit fucking with you. And when you got tired of paying them, you say you ain't paying it no more. And they start sitting at the end of the driveway. And when black people get ready to come that way, they see the law. They ain't going to even turn in the driveway. They just pass it up. So business stuff falling off bad. Then they, they just start raiding us, you know. Once you stop paying them, they start raiding. Out of all the clubs to mess with, you know, they pick boomerang to fuck with because. Back during that time, I was bringing some of the first major people through there. You know, I brought MC8, 
too short. I had everybody coming in. Then me Green was working at 97.9, so he was doing the broadcast. Sometimes he would do the live remote, or Walter D would do the live remote. Steve Fonnier was over there with me. He, we was, as a matter of fact, me and him was sitting on the floor in front of the DJ booth, one raid. He quit after that. Fonnier did? Yeah. So when was that? That was early 90s? Yeah, because I guess he felt like he didn't want to be at a spot that, you know, if they trying to take the DJ to jail or whatever, you know, because Steve Fonnier never was no crooked nothing. He never messed with nothing that was, you know, he always wanted to be around hip hop or whatever, but if it was something that he felt like he was going to damage his name or something, he didn't want to be around. He was in it as an investor. He was just in it as an investor, but he was a fan too, right? No, he was DJing. He was uh, getting paid. He was getting paid to promote the club and everything. Mm -hmm. But see, back during that time, when they used to raid clubs, they used to take all the employees. So if you were a DJ, you were going to jail too. Right. So I'm saying back during that time, they take everybody behind the bar, whoever the DJ do playing the music, you would go to then the club. The club owner got to get you out. So there were a lot of clubs on the south side at that point? Yeah, Ray Barnett had a lot of clubs. There was always a lot of clubs. Yeah, New York, New York. Yeah, this was way before Boomerang. Mm -hmm. You know, he had, uh, he had the world champion. He had New York, New York. He had uh, uh, the Big Apple. He had uh, Phase 1, Phase 2. You know, Ray Barnett had, oh, I figured he probably have to be pretty old by now. Yeah, 
Yeah. In his 80s, maybe? Huh? Maybe in his 80s? Nah, he gotta be a little older than that. Really? He should be 90. Wow. Gotta be 88 or 90. Yeah, because he already had clubs and everything like in the 60s, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I thought. Yeah, he had clubs. Yeah, he had clubs all when the, when the, when the Rockets was hot. Mm-hmm. Way back in the game. 